0: Lesson 6 for November 2 through to 8, The Reading of the Word. Sabbath afternoon, the 2nd of November. Before we start, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again we thank you for your word and what it means to us. And this week, as we study what happens with the Jerusalem wall having been finished, and what happens next... We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us. May your word speak to us as it spoke to your people so long ago. Bless us each one in our own individual lives and in our journey with you. We pray in Jesus' dear name. Amen. Our memory text this week is Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. Let's read that again, Nehemiah 8, verse 8. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. The Jerusalem wall was finished. With the placement of the gates, the Israelites, under the leadership of Nehemiah, had thus completed the main task. When the war was completed, the surrounding nations were in awe and recognised that this was done by God, as it says in Nehemiah 6.16. The enemies realised that the God of Israel was real because, despite the incredible opposition and hatred the Israelites experienced they still had completed the work they had set out to do following the completion of the wall nehemiah appointed a governor of jerusalem his brother hanani and a leader of the citadel hananiah both men were chosen based on integrity trustworthiness, and reverence for God, rather than on genealogy, as we read in Nehemiah 7.2, that I gave the charge of Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, and Hananiah the leader of the citadel, for he was a faithful man, and feared God more than many. The wall was completed during the month of Eloh, that's the sixth month, as we read in Nehemiah 6.15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elal in 52 days. What was to be the next order of business? The following chapters of Nehemiah, chapters 8 through 10, describe an important series of events in the month of Tishri, the seventh month, as recorded in Nehemiah 8.2. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. In these texts we can see examples of how the children of Israel were determined to obey the word of God and how they rejoiced in it. And here's something special. If you'd like to listen to the Week of Prayer Readings in audio format, just go to hop.ec W-O-P. That's hop.ec backslash W-O-P. Sunday, November 3, The People Gather question read nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 and 2 what should this tell us about how important the word of god was to the people nehemiah 8 beginning at verse 1 now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate and they told ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of moses which the lord had commanded israel so Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. When the Jews finally completed the building of the wall and moved into Jerusalem, they all gathered in Jerusalem's open square in the seventh month. The seventh month The month of Tishri was perhaps the most important month for the Israelites as it was dedicated to the Feast of Trumpets. That's preparation for God's judgment, the first day of the month. The Day of Tabernacles, that's judgment day on the 10th day of the month. And the Feast of Tabernacles, remembering God's deliverance from Egypt and his provision through the journey in the wilderness. 15th day of the month. The gathering took place on the first day of the month, on which the Feast of Trumpets was celebrated. The leaders called together the men and women of the nation for this special assembly in order, through the reading of the law, to provide an opportunity for them to learn about their God and history. The people invited Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses before them and to read it. They even constructed a platform, a pulpit for the occasion it was not something that the leaders forced on the congregation on the contrary they the people told ezra to bring the book most likely ezra read to the people from the books of moses which included the law given to moses on mount sinai question read deuteronomy chapter 31 verses 9 through 13 what did the lord tell them there and what lessons can we take from that For ourselves. Deuteronomy 31, beginning at verse 9. So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the feast of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, You shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear, and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of the law, and that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land which you cross the jordan to possess in deuteronomy 31 9 to 13 moses told the israelites that during the feast of tabernacles they were to gather and read together the law of god and it mentions the various groups that should gather men women children and foreigners living within their gates And so to finish today, a literal reading of Nehemiah 8.1 says that they gathered together as one man. What does that tell us about the importance of unity among the body of believers? Monday, November 4, Reading and Hearing the Law Ezra brought the law before the assembly to read. What did he read to them? Only the Ten Commandments over and over for half a day? The reference to the book of the law is to be understood as the five books of Moses, Genesis through Deuteronomy, known as the Hebrew Torah. The term law, therefore, covers only a part of what was included in the reading. It would be better to translate it as instructions. They are God's instructions, enabling us to know the path on which we should walk in order not to miss the goal. When Ezra read, the people heard about their history as the people of God, beginning with creation through the time of Joshua. Through stories, songs, poems, blessings and laws, they were reminded of their struggles in following God and of God's faithfulness to them. The Torah includes law, but it is more than that. It incorporates the history of the people of God and especially reveals God's leading. Consequently, it gave the community its roots and identity question read nehemiah chapter 8 verse 3 and several other verses what do these verses teach us about how we are to interact with the word of god first of all nehemiah 8 verse 3 then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book Of the law and Deuteronomy four verse one. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you, in Deuteronomy 6, verses 3 and 4. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." Joshua 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 1, verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Proverbs nineteen twenty. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. Ezekiel 37 verse 4, Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And Matthew 17 verse 5, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. That the people desired to hear the word of God most likely was the result of Ezra's reading and teaching the word since his arrival in Jerusalem some thirteen years before. He was dedicated to God's work and determined to make a difference. The word of God became real to the people as they kept hearing it from Ezra. As a result, they made a conscious decision to hear and to listen, because they were interested in hearing from God. Thus, on this occasion, they approached the Torah with reverence and a desire to learn. Saturating ourselves in the Word creates a deeper yearning for God in our lives. So, to finish today, how do you relate to the Word of God? That is, even though you claim to believe it, how is that claim made manifest in your life, in the sense of how you seek to obey what it teaches? How differently would you live if you didn't obey the Bible? Tuesday, November 5, Reading and Interpreting the Word Question. Read Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. How was the reading of the law done? Nehemiah 8, beginning at verse 4. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him, at his right hand, stood Methathiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijiah, Hilkiah and Marseiah, and at his left hand Pediah, Mishael, Melkijah, Hashem, Hashbedana, Zechariah, and Meshalam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Aqab, Shabbathai, Hodijah, Masaiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense, and helped them to understand the reading. There were two groups of thirteen men who stood with Ezra during the reading. The first group of thirteen, we read in Nehemiah eight four helped to read the word of God, and the second group of thirteen, we read in verse 7, helped with the understanding of the passages. We do not have any information about how this arrangement worked in the open square. However, the men who helped with the reading possibly held the Torah. Hebrew scrolls were heavy and needed to be unrolled by others, as well as read from it successively, alternating between the readers. Because they were reading from morning until midday, they had figured out a way to reach people in the square. The phrases, ''They gave the sense'' and help the people to understand the reading in verse 8, can refer either to interpretation or translation of the passages, both as just as likely in this instance. The people had returned from Babylon, where they had lived for many years, and the primary language there was Aramaic. Therefore, hearing the Hebrew reading may not have been easy to understand for many, especially the younger generations. At the same time, readers of the Bible can benefit from explanation or commentary. Preaching and explanation make the text come alive and press hearers to apply the information personally. Question, read Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 38. What happened here that parallels what was happening in Jerusalem in the texts above? What lessons are here for us? Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he arose and went, and, behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And, sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, "'How can I, unless someone guides me?' And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, "'He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, "'and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, "'so he opened not his mouth. "'In his humiliation his justice was taken away, "'and who will declare his generation, "'for his life is taken from the earth?' So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself, or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. As Protestants, we understand that individual believers must know the word of God for themselves, and that we must not blindly accept anyone else's word on biblical truth, regardless of their authority. At the same time... Who hasn't been blessed by having someone help explain the meaning of texts? We need each one of us to know what we believe for ourselves, but this doesn't mean that, at times, we can't be enlightened by the teachings of others. Wednesday, November 6, The People's Response When Ezra opens up the word of God, the Hebrew Torah, the people stand up. Before Ezra reads, he blesses God. After he reads, the people respond with, Amen, Amen, in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 8, in unison as they lift their hands toward heaven. They then bow their heads down and worship with their faces to the ground. Question, read Nehemiah 8, verses 9 through 12. Why did the leaders tell the people not to mourn nor weep? Nehemiah 8, beginning at verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and greatly rejoice, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Ellen White writes in Ministry of Healing, page 281, So, in later years, when the law of God was read in Jerusalem to the captives, returned from Babylon, and the people wept because of their transgressions, the gracious words were spoken— Mourn not, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. End of quote. As the people were listening to the words of God, they were struck by their own sinfulness and began to weep. When God reveals himself to us, and we begin to grasp that God is full of love, goodness, mercy and faithfulness, our own inadequacies and failure to be what we should be come to the forefront. Seeing God's holiness through his word causes us to see our terribleness in a new light. This realization caused the people of Israel to weep and mourn, but they were not to sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, we read in verse 10. In other words, despite their failures, they could trust in the power of God. This also was a special day, a holy day, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, on which short blasts of the trumpets signalled the importance of heart preparation for the judgment of the Lord. The Day of Atonement celebrated on the tenth day of the month of Tishri the blowing of the trumpet signaled a call to stand before God and repent. Because the day was designed to remind the people to turn to God, the weeping and mourning is understandable. But the leaders reminded them that once they had repented, God had heard them, and therefore it was time to rejoice in God's forgiveness. And so to finish the day, what should it tell us about just how bad sin is that it put Jesus on the cross is the only way to solve the problem of sin and to give us hope. Thursday, November 7, the Joy of the Lord The Joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 serves as a reminder that it is God's will that we rejoice and enjoy life. Most of all, it is not just any kind of joy, but the joy that comes because we know God and the reality of His love. Delighting in God in His goodness and rejoicing because of everything God has provided for us is something that we should strive to do or be doing every day. Moreover, delighting in God gives us the strength to face the day and to handle what comes our way question read nehemiah chapter 8 verses 13 through 18 what happened here and what does it tell us about the people and their leaders at this time nehemiah 8 beginning at verse 13 now on the second day the heads of the father's houses of all the people with the priests and levites were gathered to ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths, as it is written." Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house, or in their courtyards, or the courts of the house of God, and in the open square of the water gate, and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua the son of Nun, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so. And there was very great gladness. Also, day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. The next day... The leaders of the people came to Ezra in order to learn more from God's book. This initiative, demonstrated by the leaders, showed their desire to lead the community toward God. They understood that leading the people the right way would not happen if they themselves did not seek God and seek knowledge from Him. Question. Read Leviticus chapter 23 verses 39 to 43. What were the Israelites commanded to do, and why? Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 39. Also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees— and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute for ever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that i made the children of israel dwell in booths when i brought them out of the land of egypt i am the lord your god notice that in nehemiah 8:15 which read and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of olive trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees, to make booths as it is written, the texts refer to the fact that what they were doing was according to what is written. We see here another example of how seriously they now wanted to obey the word of God, ideally because after decades in captivity, they had learned their lesson about disobedience. Also, in the text in Leviticus, they were to celebrate the feast and to, as it says in verse 40, rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. In other words, as they remember God's acts of mercy and grace and salvation, the people were to rejoice in what the Lord had done for them. So to finish day, think about what we have been given in Jesus, who was symbolised in all the ancient Israel's feasts. How can we learn to rejoice in the Lord even during difficult and painful trials? Why, especially during these times, is it crucial for us to do so? Friday, November 8. From the book Prophets and Kings, page 668, we read, "Now they must manifest faith in his promises. God had accepted their repentance; they were now to rejoice in the assurance of sins forgiven and their restoration to divine favor." Every true turning to the Lord brings abiding joy into the life. When a sinner yields to the influence of the Holy Spirit, he sees his own guilt and defilement in contrast with the holiness of the great searcher of hearts. He sees himself condemned as a transgressor. But he is not, because of this, to give way to despair, for his pardon has already been secured. He may rejoice in the sense of sins forgiven, in the love of a pardoning Heavenly Father, It is God's glory to encircle sinful, repentant human beings in the arms of his love, to bind up their wounds, to cleanse them from sin, and to clothe them with the garments of salvation. End of quote. And that brings us to our four discussion, no, three discussion questions for this week. 1. On what conditions may you experience the joy of the Lord, as we read about in Nehemiah 8.10, as your strength? That is, is there something that we have to do in order to experience the power of God and His forgiveness in our lives? If so, what? 2. How do we find the right balance in mourning over our sins and yet at the same time rejoicing in the Lord? Are not these contradictory to each other? How do the law and gospel together provide the answer? Romans 3 verses 19 to 24. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And question 3. Read Nehemiah 8.10, in which Nehemiah says to the people, Go your ways, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, provide for those for whom nothing is prepared, and do all this because the day is holy to our Lord? What does this teach us about ways in which we can rejoice in the Lord? What does the fact that it is holy mean in this context? Inside Story Our mission story this week is titled Chanmin Chong. Sunny and Salma met during orientation for first-year students at a university in the Middle East. Sunny, who is from Asia, is a Waldensian student, a Seventh-day Adventist studying at a secular university in the Adventist Church's Middle East and North Africa Union. Salma is a local student who grew up in non-Christian family. The two young women instantly became friends. They shared the same classes and lived in the same neighbourhood. Salma soon learned that her new friend was an Adventist Christian. She had been taught to be wary of Christians, but Sunny seemed so kind and honest. As their friendship grew, Salma accepted an invitation to attend a Friday evening meeting in Sunny's home. Salma met other Adventists at the meeting, and she liked the friendly conversations – Soon she began to enjoy singing hymns and praying with the group every Friday evening. After a year, Sonny invited Salma to visit an Adventist church, and she agreed, but Salma faced harsh criticism from family and friends. "'What did you do there?' one said. "'Does this mean you have become a Christian?' asked another. Family members warned they would be cursed if she became a Christian." Salma was worried but kept going to church. She joined the youth choir and participated in health seminars. Her Adventist friends prayed for her. One Friday evening, the group watched a video about Jesus' life and afterward, Salma asked to study the book of Acts. I was surprised because Salma hadn't been interested in Bible studies for about a year, Sonny said. Salma began weekly Bible studies, but she insisted that she had no desire to be baptised. She worried that her family would be cursed. One Sabbath, Salma participated in a women's retreat, during which each woman had to select a heart-shaped card and meditate on a Bible verse written inside. She prayerfully chose a card and opened it. Inside, she read, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. Uh, That's Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Salma realised she didn't need to worry about a curse falling on her family. She stood up and announced that she wanted to be baptised. This is not the end, but the beginning, Sonny said. After I finish my studies, I plan to stay here to develop a lifelong friendship with people like Salma. I pray for God to send more people like her to me. And Chan Min Chung, who wrote this article, is communication coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa Union. This week's lesson has been read by Dr Percy Harold from Queensland, Australia. It is brought to you by Hope Channel, the Sabbath School Department, and through the services of Christian Services for the Blind. A video of this podcast also occurs on YouTube. Remember, God is always faithful.